Welcome to the Be Tween Podcast. This is where we encourage tweens to be bold, be honest, and be the best they can be. I'm Rylan. And I'm Rylan's Nana, Jill. And we are the hosts. And we're so glad you're here. Hey friends, we're talking about managing feelings today. I feel a lot of emotions, so I'm excited to learn more about handling my feelings. What about you, Nana? Yep. I didn't learn a whole lot about managing feelings when I was your age. In fact, I didn't learn about feelings until I was an adult. And I wish I'd learned about it Mm -hmm. when I was your age. But that's why I'm excited about our guest today, Michelle Niedert. And Michelle is a licensed counselor, and she's going to help us explore all things feelings today. So hello, Michelle. Hi, that's a big order. All things feelings. Because <laughs> we girls have a lot of feelings, don't we? Mm-hmm. We, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> Welcome to the Between Podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and where you live? Yeah, I live in the Dallas, Texas area, and I own a counseling center in that area with about 12 to 15 counselors right now. And we see people of all ages, but all of us, almost all of us work with kids or teenagers. And so that's kind of our similar passion. And I am actually the mom to a tween who is 10. And then I have a daughter who is 13 who has just moved from tweendom into teendom. And I've been (laughs) married for 17 years. And I have a book for tween girls called Loved and Cherished, a devotional that I co-wrote with a friend of mine, which your grandma knows, Lynn Cowell, who's with the Proverbs 31. She's a speaker and writer with them. So I'm a busy lady most of the time. Mm -hmm. She's got a lot going on, doesn't she? Yeah. Well, you are a counselor that sees kids than Ryland's age, right? Yes, yeah. yes. And Ryland's about the youngest I'm seeing right now. I used to see all the way down to age three, but I really have kind of left play therapy and, and the floor behind these days because I really enjoyed the talk therapy with older older kids and then teenagers and adults. Mm-hmm. So since you're saying kids um, my age... Uh, What are some of the things that tweens struggle with? Wow. A lot of tweens struggle with relationships, especially tween girls. I think the biggest issue that they deal with is their friendships are changing a lot during the ages of 10 to 12. And so I think they struggle a lot with, will people like me? And am I likable? What do you think? Do you think that's a big struggle? Island. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then another thing I think they struggle with is that, you know, we've kind of moved past, I'm scared of my bed, but sometimes we have other fears as we go to school. And then I think about your age is when kids start really thinking about grades. And sometimes that's when schools start giving grades. A lot of times they don't give grades when kids are younger. And so I think I talk to a lot of kids who stress more about their schoolwork. And sometimes that stress makes them do better. And sometimes it shuts them down. Mm. So I think all those things kind of come into play in your age. And every once in a while, I meet kids who are just sad. And something has happened in their life that has been sad. And their sad got stuck. Mm. And they're really struggling with that. 
So those are some of the reasons I meet kids, as well as I guess another reason I meet a lot of kids is for focus. They're struggling with managing their time and getting their assignments done and focusing in school. And so sometimes I work with kids on that as well. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you were saying that that they don't necessarily struggle as much with sleep, like maybe they would a little bit younger. But boy, I know sometimes when you go to bed at night, that's when your head starts thinking of lots of stuff, doesn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, You're exactly right. In fact, I was reading something really interesting I've been thinking a lot about. You know, parents, when you're younger, read you bedtime stories. And those are actually a great way to distract your mind from some of the worries of the day, maybe, or even some of your worries about the future. But as kids get older, they a lot of them quit reading before they go to bed at night. And parents don't do tuck-ins the same way that they did when they were younger. They don't do the back rubbing to help them relax and a lot of those things. So a lot of times the research is showing kids are stuck with a lot of thoughts in their head at night before they go to bed. And sometimes that keeps them from being able to go to bed well. Their bodies get real tense and they have a hard time with that. I think that's one of the things I was thinking about with our devotional. You know, it'd be good for girls to read it at night before they go to bed. So it'd give them something else to think about and distract their mind. But I have a tween and I let him read. He, I don't know if you like to read. Do you like to read any of the books that are, look more like a comic book, Ryland? Do you like any of those? Yes. <laughs> he he loves those. The, yeah. the graphic novels. Yeah, the gra- novels I love favorites. that we've come up with that. You know, the English teacher and me kind of cringes and the reading specialist. But yeah, we have a name for that now that's not a comic book anymore. We call it a graphic novel. And my son is reading Scaredy Squirrel actually right now. I think that's or Bird and Squirrel or something like that. I was downloading for him on the Kindle last night. So yeah, and I let him do that because there was a bad storm last night and he was worried about the storm and mm-hmm. that allowed him to be distracted and then fall asleep. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Why do you like the graphic novels? What I, do you think it is? Yeah, I think they're easier to read and that there's like, they look the same kind of like page and all, but they're smaller words in a sentence. And I think it's just easier. Mm, so maybe less overwhelming to yeah. read. Gotcha. I think that is more relaxing for them. It's kind of like, I think back in the old days, we read magazines like that. Or I think sometimes the parents are getting on social media because that's a way to be distracted a lot of times before they go to bed. And so I think kids like those graphic novels because they generally are humorous and they move quickly. So they can kind of get through it. It's kind of like, I know that when I was a parent of a little younger than Ryland's age, I would look at how many words were in the book. <laughs> and Or sometimes I would skip pages until my kids could figure that out. And because sometimes we just want to read a little and not so much. Do you ever feel that way, Ryland? Like you just want to read a little, but not like, Spend an hour reading. Uh Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think they also have the pictures. So you've got pictures and words and it just all keeps you engaged. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that's good. Well, uh, you know, that's just good to hear some of the things that you talk with tweens about and to understand, you know, if any of the tweens that are listening hear those things, just to know that sometimes we do struggle with with our thoughts and our feelings and with sleep and winding down at the end of the day, just to know that that's normal. Yeah. And so one of the things we teach in the counseling office is what you just said, I think as a Nana is very important. And that is that Jill thoughts can spur on feelings. 
So mm-hmm. when kids are feeling an intense feeling, whether it be in the sad, mad, or scared range, then we want them to think about what are you thinking about? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes we can help change the feeling a little bit by looking at what we're thinking about. And that's actually got a name in big, big grown up land. It's called cognitive behavioral therapy. And spiritually, it's called renewing your mind. And it's the idea that you can change your thoughts and it'll change your feelings. Mm. So when we're feeling scared or when we're feeling angry, we have to look at what our thoughts are. And then we have to, we can actually decide to change our thoughts. We can push them in a different direction. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, sometimes I think it's important that, and one thing that I'm working on a children's book series with a co-author on is with these feelings, sad, mad, and scared, that first we do allow ourselves, and Rylan, I think this is super important for you to be able to say, I feel sad, to kind of identify the feeling. I feel scared. I feel Mm -hmm. mad. And then feel where you feel it in your body. Like, for example, I feel a lot of my feelings around my heart and chest area, especially sad. I feel that right here. I tend to feel like stress. I wouldn't say scared necessarily, but just stress up in my shoulder area. Where do you feel feelings in your body, Rylan? Do you know? When I'm stressed, I feel like my body is huge and it just like can't move. Mm, so you like feel it all over, like in yeah. your arms and your legs? Mm-hmm. Kind of heavy. Mm-hmm. So so when we think about that, because we think about fear can create fight, flight, or freeze, and different people have different responses. If you tend to get mad, you're in the fight zone. I tend to be in the flight zone. I want to run away and go hide under the covers zone. Um, mm-hmm. And then Rylan, for you, because your body feels heavy like that, it's probably more in the freeze. It kind of just gets stuck there. In that sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then it's really important after we name the feeling and we know where it is in our body that we actually make a sound or a movement to begin to release it because we know that emotion is energy in motion. So what is something you could do if you feel like that stress and your body feels heavy? What do you think is something you could do, Rylan, to kind of let it go? Maybe like if it's a nice day out, maybe I can go outside and like I ride a skateboard and that helps me like reduce my thoughts and stuff and it makes me feel good inside. So that sometimes helps me. Girl, I love and hate those skateboards. My kids both ride them (laughs) and my daughter has been to the emergency room due to a hill and a skateboard and she and a friend thinking, oh, this will be awesome and kind of rolling on top of each other. And we, we fractured a shoulder with that. And my son has ripped up some knees because his father does not think you need to wear knee pads. I disagree with that, but (laughs) I have not won that battle. Do you wear knee pads when you skateboard? Not all the time. (laughs) There's honesty. There we go. Like in the beginning I was because I wasn't as good, but now I'm pretty good at it that I don't really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because when the confidence grows, I've noticed the knee pads disappear. And so mm-hmm. I think that is something. The skateboarding, because it takes so much of your mental energy to balance, it's a distraction from your emotions. But also when you move, you let energy that's stuck in your body in motion flow out of it. So that's why mm-hmm. like taking a walk is a good idea. Riding a skateboard is a good idea. But you can even do something more simple. If you were at school 
you could sigh and make a little noise with it. Like, let's say your body felt all heavy like that. You're about to take a test. I teach kids one thing you can do is just simply, and that will let some of the stress out of your body. Why don't you try it? Let's just see. You want to try it, Rylan? Try it. Does that feel good? There you go. It does. Did it it does feel good? good, doesn't it? <laughs> exactly. Good. Um, it's so funny how something small like that. And then as a Christian, sometimes what I do is I teach kids to breathe in the love of God and out their worry. And so they mm-hmm. think about that, to breathe in even the smarts of God so that God will help us because God promises to help us remember things. Now, if we don't study, he has a hard time bringing it into our brain. But if we've studied, he can help us remember things. So I teach kids to pray about that and then to breathe in God's smarts and to breathe out our stress because our brains work better when they're not stressed. Mm, That's really good. I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. So we take our emotions and we learn to express them through some sort of a physical release of energy. After we've named it. Yeah. It's real important. A lot of parents want to skip the naming step and because like they don't want us to feel them too long, but Mm -hmm. we want to let it sit in our body for a couple of minutes. It's important to feel the feeling and not judge it, not be mad we have it. And then we can let it go better. Mm -hmm. Because feelings are okay. It's what we do with the feelings that sometimes is where we struggle. Is that right? Or would you say it in a different way? I tell kids sometimes feelings need to be on the bus, but they don't need to be driving the bus. Oh, okay. So we can have like disappointed and frustrated and stressed and mad and hurt and sad and happy and joyful. And I mean, cause we don't want to leave out the good stuff either, you know, and excited mm-hmm. and, or anxious or whatever it is. We want all those feelings on the bus, but if our life is the bus or our body is the bus, we don't want that driving the bus. Mm-hmm. We want to use our brain, our thoughts, and then our will, our choices to drive the bus, but we don't want to ignore our feelings because they're telling us something. Mm-hmm. They may be telling us that somebody's hurt us. They may be telling us that we need to think a different thought. They may be helping us understand how we were made even because like people are made different. And because of that, different people have different feelings that come naturally. The research mm-hmm. says like, listen to this, Rylan, isn't this crazy? But like every one of us is born with a certain happy point. Naturally. Happy point. Yeah. The happiness research says that between like zero to 50%, all of us just get so much. It's God given to me. It's temperament driven. It's kind of just in our personality. But Hmm. the things we do, like how much we Mm -hmm. move, what we think, the positive people we're around, that affects the other 50%. So even Mm. if you got very little, you can really raise your happiness point. Wow. Okay. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about that concept of pushing our thinking in a different direction. Like when we know that we begin, we name, so we've, you know, if we have an emotion, we name it, we express it, but how do we push thinking in a different way? Let's just say, I don't know, we're laying in bed at night and all of a sudden we are 
really struggling going to sleep, which you do, right, Raylan? Yeah. <laughs> so what do we do to push our thinking in a different direction? Well, one thing Miss Lynn and I taught the girls at Loved and Cherished Camp this summer is that we really want to start even in the morning with instead of seeing how we feel, like thinking a thought so we choose how we feel. So for example, Rylan, what's a feeling you'd like to feel when you wake up in the morning? Happy and just energetic, I feel. Energetic. Oh, I love that word. Let's go with energetic. What's a thought that makes you feel energetic? Or what's an image that you would see that would make you feel energetic? Me outside, just playing outside, I guess. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what if you woke up in the morning and you saw yourself playing outside and you said in your mind, you saw this Uh in your mind and you said, I am energetic and, or I'm going to have an energetic day. How -hmm. would you feel? Just try it. Just see yourself in your mind outside and say that to yourself and see if you don't feel more energy in your body. So I'm playing outside Uh and then I say, I'm going to have an energetic day. You're imagining that you're playing outside in your mind and you determine, I'm going to have an energetic day. Do I say it out loud? Like having Mm -hmm. you could, you You could, or you could say it in your head either way. How say it out, say it out loud though, because I think it helps to say it out loud. Okay. I'm going to have an energetic day. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I even listened to your voice and saw your face change as you did that. Did you feel it? Kind of, yeah. Mm -hmm. Just a little bit. And so here's the thing though. This is what I tell kids. It's not like instant magic. It's not going to work the first time you do it, Ryland. You have to train your brain because the research says, and I'm going to kind of draw in my head like spaghetti, there are these neuropathways in our brain and they learn things. So if your brain's been learning to think, oh, I don't know if I want to go to school today. It might be really hard. And those are the thoughts you have. We have to crisscross over those thoughts with new thoughts until those become bigger than the old crisscrosses. Does that make sense? Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. So, and that's the same thing you would do at night is if you want to feel peaceful at night, like I taught my son when he was struggling with this to say a Bible verse at night Mm -hmm. about God keeping us in perfect peace when we go to sleep Mm -hmm. to help train our brain to go a certain way. Or like to think about butterflies or something that makes us feel peaceful before we go to sleep. Um, And then if we have a lot of worries that start to come up and try to crowd in, sometimes what we need to do is we need to, we do need to have like maybe something if we're struggling with sleep beside the bed and we can write those out because Mm -hmm. it'll slow our brain down. And I call it a brain dump. We can dump them. We can close the book and say, I'm going to leave these worries here until tomorrow. Mm. And that can help us kind of let go of those worries so that we can go to sleep better. Sometimes we need to distract our brains to help them fall asleep. Do you want to know something I still use? And I'm like 50 now. Um, When I was little, I was taught to talk to count backwards to help you fall asleep. My dad. Have you ever tried that? Yeah, my dad tells me to do that and I fall asleep. Yeah, especially I'll start with like 999, you know, so I know I'm going to make it there. And it's a little challenging for my brain. It really makes my brain think because I don't do that very often. Or sometimes I will help kids 
if that doesn't work for them to come up with another way to distract themselves in their brain, to think of like, think of something that just makes their brain work in a different way to help themselves begin to relax. Another thing I teach kids is something called, it's called progressive muscle relaxation. It sounds like a lot of big words, but really what it is, is you just squeeze different parts of your body and you hold it and count to three while you're breathing and then you let it go. I think that's what my counselor taught me. Oh, did she? Mm -hmm. Something like that. Mm -hmm. We counselors like that one. So you start maybe with your head and you squunch up all the muscles in your face and your head and you hold it and then you let it go. And then you scrunch up all your shoulders and you hold it and you let it go. And you just keep going down your body. Until you get to your toes, huh? Yeah, because when Mm -hmm. we scrunch our muscles, it forces them to tighten. And then when we let them go, it forces them to release. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Do you want to know what my daughter uses? What? What? And I never taught her this. She figured this out. You know, you kids are so smart. Y'all just figure (laughs) stuff out. You're kind of just resilient. Y'all always teach me stuff. And so... I can tell when my daughter's stressed by how many baths she takes, because that's another good way to naturally force your muscles to relax. So if she takes more than one bath in a day, I know she has had a really stressful day because Mm. she will sit in that hot water and let that heat relax her muscles. And actually, she did not know this, and I never taught her this, but there's a research study that says that a hot bath three to five times a week can reduce anxiety in our bodies because it's allowing that muscle tension as the body cools to release and it allows that to flush out of our bodies. Wow. And some kids don't like hot baths. So um, my daughter also sometimes like when we had a power short, we had a power outage here and we had to conserve water. And I mean, that was like torture for her. We were not only stressed, but then I'm like, you can't use the we're not supposed to be taking baths. So she did finally say, can I just have five minutes in a really hot shower? And I'm like, go for it, sister. You're pretty dirty. We'll say go for it. So yeah, even a shower will do it too. But when she was little, she used to sit at the bottom of the floor of the shower and just let the water pour over her. I think we use less water in the bath. I'm not sure. We are not good water conservators, but we are very good at de-stressing ourselves. (laughs) There you go. I bet. (laughs) I bet you kind of specialize in that. Wow. Well, this has been really helpful, hasn't it, Raylan? Wow. I think that we've got some uh, things that we can use to go to sleep at night and, and to do when we are feeling strong emotions and so very, very important. So Michelle, where can people find you online? And I was on your website recently and you've got a lot of free downloads for parents. So tell us just a little bit about where they can find you. Yeah, I do. We do have quite a few downloads. We have a version of Loved and Cherished for free. We have how to make a worry box with your kids to contain their worries for free. Um, We have things for moms as well. Um, Some things on like biblical approaches to preventing mental health, preventing mental illness and things like that as well. And you can find me at yourmentalhealthcoach.com. And very soon I'll have a new podcast season released and I'm going to have another part of the site part called Raising Mentally Healthy Kids. Dot com. Oh, I so love that, that will be coming out too, because that really is my passion is helping parents be and raise mentally healthy kids. 
Oh, I like that. That's Mm -hmm. very good. Well, would you close us in prayer and just pray for those that are listening? You know, we have tweens that listen. Some teens are still listening. And and we often have parents that are listening as well. So would you close us and, and just pray specifically over the things we talked about today? Yeah. God, your word says that you haven't given us a spirit of fear or worry or stress, but a spirit of power love, and a sound mind. Mm -hmm. God, help us to feel our feelings and not be mad that we have them, but accept that they are ways that you teach us about our world and about ourselves. But Lord, also help us learn to manage them through breathing, through our thinking. God, help us when we're believing lies like we were bad because your word says we, we, we were made good, that we change our thinking so mm-hmm. that it makes our bodies and our minds work better. When we have stinking thinking, God, it's hard for our bodies and minds to work well. So God, help us to look to you. Give us help with that. And God, give us hope that we truly can make changes in these areas, even when we're in bed at night and we just can't fall asleep. Help us to know that you will watch over us and that you will work even when we're not working and that you care for us and you have nothing but plans for a hope and a future for us. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us on the Between Podcast. Want to know when a new episode drops? Make sure you subscribe so you'll be notified when a new episode comes out. Until next time, be bold, be honest, and be the best you can be.